All righty, welcome to episode number 15 of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Jason Martinez, we have an awesome, awesome episode today because we've got a man that's going to be inducted into hockey royalty. I don't think he can believe it still. I think he still thinks that this is some kind of practical joke, and he's played a fucking thousand practical jokes on people, including yours truly. But it's not a joke. It's real. Uh, Al Morgani will be our guest in just a moment. Let me tell you about Bet Parks first, though, because Bet Parks is a great opportunity for you to get in on all the action, whether it's hockey, whether it's hoops, college or pro, football, college or pro, Formula One, whatever you want to bet on, uh, use the Bet Parks app. Download it, navigate it. It's easy, faster to win than ever before, easy deposit, fast payouts, you name it. It's all there. Uh, new and existing users can use the promo code JASON750. That'll get your risk-free bet up to $750. Terms and conditions do apply. So make sure you download that Bet Parks app. Do it today. You need to be over 21, present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Also, the people from Conquerville Subaru. Great work that they do in the community. Matter of fact, I got a DM from a guy uh, the other day telling me, hey, uh, you know, I love the podcast, blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you what, it was Jared, my buddy Jared on Twitter. He DMs me quite a bit. He says, this is near and dear to me, but Conquerville really is awesome. They do so much good in the community. And I know firsthand because my wife is their contact at Namor's. She works in the fundraising department, and Conquerville is her client, and they are fantastic. And I totally agree. That's why they were the Subaru Nation Love Promise Dealer of the Year winner back in 2015, the inaugural, by the way. Uh, eight years supporting, I, t- I, I was calling it Nemours. It's Nemours uh, Children's Hospital of Delaware. Adopted 15 classrooms at the Cla- Marcus Hook Elementary School again this year, giving teachers $500 at classroom supplies each that they pick, plus the donation of thousands of coats in La Humanidad, Hispania, and Kent Square. Uh, they've done that for 10 years. That continues to this day. It's a great, great dealership, a great, beautiful showroom. Check out their certified pre-owned inventory on Route 202 in Glen Mills, a list of incoming Subaru vehicles. And it's more than a dealership, great service department, free car wash with every visit. So visit ConquervilleSubaru.com online and check out the showroom on Route 202 in Glen Mills. And remember, Conquerville cares. You will not regret it. Let's bring him on right now. He is the Elmer Ferguson Memorial Award winner for the Hockey Hall of Fame coming up on Monday. You've seen him on the radio. Well, you haven't seen him on the radio. You've heard him on the radio. You've seen him on NBC Sports Philadelphia and the imaginations over the years on ESPN back in the day. He is one of the really good guys in an industry full of some good guys. It is Al Morgani. <laughs> Albert, how are you? I'm doing just great. Flyers doing good. I'm going up to Teal. What could be better? Yeah, you're going up to Toronto, so you're heading up on, on Friday? Yeah, Friday morning flight to go up. Uh, I don't like that airport. I like the whole country, but I don't care for that airport. <laughs> yeah. I got a little bit of garbled sound with your, your microphone now all of a sudden. Right. Can you, um, is, is there like a loose wire there or something, maybe? It's on a, just an iPad, so there is oh, no I don't wire. Know why it, I don't know why it's garbled now. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'm going to kick you out and then just log okay. right back in, okay? Okay. So we're going we're gonna to kick you out because I know I want people to be able to hear Al's audio good and clear because there's a ton to talk about. I had good audio right before we went live, but of course, as soon as they go live, the audio goes to shit because that's that's technology and that's like the perils of live programming. As I have a sip of uh, the blue raspberry flavored BioSteel. BioSteel should be a sponsor on this podcast. We got to get BioSteel as a sponsor. All right, we got him back now. Albert, let me hear you. Is that any better? That is much better. Good. All right. 
so, so you're going to Toronto. What, what's kind of on the docket for this weekend? What's Al Morgani got planned, or what does the Hockey Hall of Fame have planned for Al Morgani? Well, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Of course, you know, the players of the show, the Sedin twins, it's a big Vancouver Swedish thing. Alf- Alfie's going in Alfredson and you know, <laughs> Roberto Luango, who really, I-, I think, will end up being the show. Uh, there's yeah. like a um, kind of a legends type of a game. I think Eric Lindgross is going to coach one team. And there's just, you know, family stuff going on. A lot of people coming up from, from Massachusetts coming up. Uh, I think I've invited Davey Poulin's going to be there. Keith Jones is going to be there. Brian Engblom. And, of course, Billy Clement's going in as a broadcaster. So I sort of feel bad for Billy having to go in with me. Yeah, so. <laughs> we've, hey, we've been involved for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've worked with Billy so many years. Yeah. Um, Al, let, let me take you back because, um, you know, I, I've always felt, you know, as a, as a radio guy, there's two me's. You know, there's the the me off the air, then there's the me on the radio. And I've always felt there's just two owls. There's the owl that people hear on the show with Angelo and have heard for many years. And then there's Hockey Owl. And, but, but I've always felt like Hockey Owl was more the the authentic, the, the real deal Al Morgani. When did this game get its hooks into you? Well, I think like most kids uh, growing up, I, you know, played on, actually it was cold enough. We actually played outdoors uh, in Boston. Um, I was lucky enough to grow up during the uh, Bobby Orr era. So unlike kids today who, you know, want to wear Austin Matthews number or whatever, we wouldn't dare wear number four. You'd be lapped right, you'd be lapped right off of the, off of the lake if you dared to yeah. show up with a number four to come in like that. And then I kind of played around uh, house leagues, this league, that league. And um, there, were, there were like a million leagues in New England at the time. The Bruins kicked off what the Flyers did here. And I was lucky enough covering high school hockey to uh, become friendly and cover people like Michael Ruzioni, Dave Silk, uh, uh, Jackie O'Callaghan, uh, Ruzioni, guys I've known through my lifetime, basically. Yeah. And kind of grew up with them, um, went to Babson, then a couple other places, then went to Boston University and, and covered that team with the coach Jackie Parker, who was really a big help because Jackie treated the student reporters like professionals and it really uh, gave an insight into how a team's run how it's covered and then i you know then the u.s olympic team and i just got lucky um a lot of my friends played hockey coached hockey covered hockey and i just it's always been a part of my life it's uh from the time you know when you're well for me it was like 12 13 years old you got a pair of tacks for christmas uh, once your supposedly your feet stop growing, so, so you, yeah, that's when you get the super tax. Yeah, you get the tax, so you get that, and uh, and you just play. You know, I, I don't think enough is made of like just playing in any league you can. Not even like a right now. There's elite leagues and everything, but I I found that the 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 house leagues lead to just a huge fan base of people that really get involved with the game and coaches and everything like that. I, I think that's a real base that I'm worried about because of um, the cost of yeah. hockey to keep things going. So that's how I got involved. And I got to say, it's, 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 it's served me well throughout my life, not just professionally, but almost all of my good friends are, are involved with the sport. I mean, yeah. literally everybody I know uh, is involved in some way with the sport. And I've made a lifelong fence through it. Yeah, the thing, that's the thing that's amazing, Al. I find the same thing. The people that I'm closest with are connected to the game. And I don't know, 
I, th- I think it's because it's like we were raised in the same value system of the way the sport, the things it teaches you. The sport's not perfect, but the things that like, like my son plays and I see him getting out of the game, the things that I got out of, you know, from, from squirt through midget, you know, and I see yeah. those things and, and like, as much as I love the actual game, it's the things that it brought me in other ways that I think are more, even more valuable. Yeah. It was like, I think a big part of it is your parents or your mom or your dad or both or whomever, grandparents, whomever you got to, you need a ride to the game. You actually talk during that time. (laughs) It may not Mm -hmm. be with the, with the buds in or whatever. They actually have some conversation. Uh, I know that's a big part of it. Your, Your parents have to be so involved. Um, and, and I've actually, you know, coached kids where I've seen, you know, there's so many divorces so common, but you see both parents there and, and, you know, watching the game. And the other part that's pretty cool is even as a little kid, if you go, you know, you've got kids, I I had a daughter that went, played through through college, but even as a parent, if you watch them play baseball, it's like, oh God, this is going to go on forever. You watch them say soccer and it's like, like, you don't even know what's going on. But even from the very littlest level, it's a blast to watch them play hockey. Yeah, it's just the cool. You go to a Flyers game and they have mites on. His people are going crazy. It's just yeah. it really is fun to watch, and I think that that bond stays forever. And I'm I'm just so happy that I could have spent uh, an entire life in and around the game, even if it's marginally, peripherally, whatever. Um, I've always felt part of that whole hockey community. You're connected to it. it it's amazing. What was Elmore Ganey the player like? Cause you're a laid back guy, Al. Yeah, but, no, I was. Uh, yeah, but when the helmet goes on, people change. Yeah, yeah, there were incidents, but not. I mean, I wasn't tough or anything. And I think my scouting report was small but slow, so there wasn't much hope that I was gonna gonna go anywhere. But I mean, I had a bit of a temper that got tamed. Um, and mm-hmm. I, but I realized real early at BU when I tried to walk on at BU, and at that point, BU was mostly Canadian, um, save O'Callaghan and those guys I mentioned there. And to yeah. try to walk on to BU was nuts. And I realized right then and there, like, no, it's not happening. Go work for the newspaper. <laughs> and Jack yeah. Parker was pretty good, like, go go do that. But, you know, we had we had at that school, like, intramural teams, like, in, because it was in Boston, that yeah. were amazing. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Like, they would have beaten so many, like, because local kids that came up. I mean, that was such a high level of play at, at the colleges at that point. And I loved call. I loved covering college hockey. Um, I, I loved it. I covered the East, uh, and I got to really, really know uh, Herb Brooks really well. I was one of the few guys from the East that he tr- that he trusted, uh, yeah. which is why he was coaching in Minnesota. To, yeah, it was at Minnesota, and um, he, you know, people to this day, the biggest miracle to me, as much as the as much as the U.S. beating the Soviets at the time, was the fact that Herb could get those guys from Boston to play with those kids from Minnesota. Cause all yeah. we thought of the kids from Minnesota was they were these big blonde kids with big teeth, nothing yeah. else. <laughs> and he got them all to play. And it was a, it was amazing to see that happen. And then he became a really good friend through, through a, for a long period of time. Wow. That's a great story. You're right though. Like the, the difference between it, it's, it's like East coast versus West coast in the rap world. <laughs> you know what oh, I yeah. mean? You know, you know they, the kids would say, well, you got your breezers on. I'm like, what the hell are breezers? I've heard hockey pants called breezers. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> they come in, they got all this whole different lingo going on. And of course, they got the, 
you know, salads on, you know, all the kids from Minnesota had the great flow even back then. And yeah. it was just the kids from where I'm from are like you know, little runs running about taking their skates out. So it was, yeah. it was, it was a good mix. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so you get involved early on in covering the game at BU and you end up here in Philadelphia, you end up on ESPN. Was that the big break for you, ESPN? And, you well, know, that whole thing kind of taken yeah, off? It was um, covering high school hockey in Boston. It was a pretty big deal. Yeah. And, and then I left to go to cover the Miami Dolphins, which I didn't like. And I was only there a few months, and somebody from Atlanta called if I was interested in covering, believe it or not, I'm old enough, the Flames. And that's yeah. Bill Clement was on that team. And I was in Atlanta literally only a couple of months when somebody called from the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, Gene Roberts, the editor. And I had to have this meeting with him. And, you know, he was big. Like, the Phillies were huge. So I remember my interview with him. He said, uh, well, you know, basically how, you know, what do you, why should I hire you? The question is, I said, well, here's the deal. You know, when you see Richie Hebner, who was playing for the Phillies, you see a baseball player. When I see Richie Hebner, it's a kid I watched in high school on the ice, a great hockey player. That's how I know Richie Hebner. I don't know anything about his baseball. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and he just, we just went from there. And that was my break there in Philly with the Inquirer. Then I went to the National Sports Daily, well, for the hockey news. There was a guy named Vince Doria that was my editor in Boston that kind of brought me along. And then, he, then Vince went to ESPN. And when ESPN got the contract, Vince was an editor there or whatever. And he, you know, he called and said, would you want to be involved in the national hockey coverage? I said, yeah, no worries. I can do that. I've never been on TV in my life. And uh, so it built, and Bill Clement's going to be on TV. So I'm, I'm with Billy and he goes, you know, you got a sport coat, you know, going up for an interview. I go, well, I don't need a sport coat. I'm just a, like a, I'm like a researcher. I'm a reporter. Goes, yeah. He goes, no, no, no. You're on the, <laughs> you're in the <laughs> studio. I said, what? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said, wow. So, and I, you know, at that point it was like, I had never been on television except on TV with my dog in Philly. <laughs> Yeah, great sports debate, and I had the, um, I had a, I had a wicked mullet. I mean, I oh, it was a, it was a beauty. Well, I I was a beauty, yeah. So I remember, and you know, when you first do TV, I don't like people touching me, like, and, and they had this makeup mm -hmm. person, and the woman, really nice woman, she goes, "We got to get your hair so it doesn't like flip up." And I said, "I'll do it." She goes, "You know how to do it?" I said, "Yeah, give me a brush." So she gives me this round brush. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Go in the men's room, put it in there, won't come out. <laughs> well, it got stuck in your hair. We're going in the air in like 10 minutes, and I got this brush hanging on my shoulder. It just <laughs> won't come out. I just yanked it out, pulled all the hair out with it. And from then on, I said, here, you do the makeup and this. I can't deal with this anymore. And I went oh, on TV. Great. It was pretty cool. Barry Melrose, Steve Levy, John Saunders. We had a cab. Jim Schoenfeld I worked with, Neil Smith. I've worked with so, so, so many people. It's, it's been a blast. Yeah, that's great. You, there was a great crew up there that uh -huh. launched that thing. It really was. Yeah. Barry, Barry was a blast. He was a, it was a ton of fun to work with. John Saunders was, you know, he played hockey at Western Michigan. Yeah, he was a good player. Good. Oh, he was a, he was a really good player. And, and Levy's a blast to work with all the time. And we always would have a saying, whatever we do when we go out, we don't want to be the news of the day. So, yeah. so whatever happens, let's cool it so that we're not the news of the day. But we really had a good time. I, I think we did a – it was fun. It was a whole lot of fun um, working up there and working for the newspapers. You know, I'm going in as a writer. Obviously, I 
my value is I can string some words together on occasion. So that's yeah. that, that kind of. Wow. That, that's great. Well, I'm going to put the picture up of you now. Let me just uh, see if I can go like this. Oh, I got to take us out. Here you go. Just... It cut it, it but I, I, you can see the mullet there. Remember the suspenders? Oh, sure. Suspenders and the white shirt and the, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a wild time. It was, it was a, you know, you know, you're covering a team with Tockett and Zezel and everybody. <laughs> And Brian yeah. Englom, who I worked with, Engie had the great the great hair going on. Of course, Barry was was the best, which is why when that when I read that that damn arena in Phoenix was the Mullet Arena, I'm thinking, oh my god, <laughs> jeez, could you imagine? It's the greatest, it's the greatest thing. Oh yeah, that's that's a beauty. There it is. That's just. The, do you know whose gloves those are? Those are Billy Barber. <laughs> is that right? They are Billy Barber's gloves. It's great. And you got the Sherwood 50, the PMPG 5030. The, the old Sherwood, yeah. And had a CCM custom pattern made pro for a while. So, yeah. You know, Northland had, no, I must say, old Northland, uh, Sherwood, oh, yeah. all, all that stuff going. Winwell pads, back in the day, man. Yeah. But me, remember the Northland helmet, the Stan Makita helmet. It was the round, the, the globe helmet, looking thing. Uh, and then the egg. The, Denny Pop the, Van the, wore one. And then the Goring helmet was uh, was was classic, and you know then everybody you know put the lids on and whatever. But it was a, uh, it's been and, and of course in college you know we wore the the whole shield, which I yeah. hated. I, yeah. I hate the shields, but I guess so a cage. You're wearing a cage, right? Yeah, ugh, I hate those. But but that's what that's what even in a men's league, you know, I would wear that because you know playing with when I moved to Philly, there weren't that many guys playing, right? So you yeah. join a men league and it's not their fault they grew up watching the flyers so basically they arrived in the rink with everything but their sticks on fire <laughs> yeah ready to, ready ready to, to drop them kill, to kill you but it's yep. gotten really it's really good now and one of the big highlights in my life is seeing guys like d'angelo Gaudreau, all the kids from here there's so many players from around south jersey uh, philly uh M mike richter was one of the first when I was covering it with ESPN, uh, he was at Wisconsin and then, of course, yep. the NHL the Rangers. But to see how many kids now uh, get a sniff of the NHL, but even more than that, they go to Penn State, um, wherever, to, to play college hockey. And the women, the women's involvement is, is remarkable. Oh, it's insane. You know, my son plays at an ice line with the Junior Flyer program there and everything else. And the, the girls' teams, I see them out there, like as I'm walking to our rink for practice, I see him out there working on the power play, and I'm like, geez, man, they run a good power play. <laughs> yeah, they're easier to coach, too. They tend to listen more. Um, yeah. Coaching. The game's the game's a whole lot different, but I, I find that the, um, you know, you cover, like I've covered sports 50, 40-something years, and people say, what's the biggest story you've ever covered? The biggest event, like I've covered Olympics, America's Cups, F1, this, that, the other thing. I've covered everything. So, and I'll say the biggest story in my lifetime is title nine mm -hmm. no question it, i have a daughter um i have friends that, that and i said what i watched that title nine do to empower women and make them have friends and when they went off to high school or college they had a, a support system of teammates yeah uh, i said it is the most important sports story of my lifetime it sounds silly wow. but it has had, it had more impact than any story i've ever seen yeah, and I think it helped grow the game because it prevented oh, it presented an opportunity for girls growing up to know that they could be working towards you know an education and 
financial yeah. aid as a result of it. I wish there were so many women taking my job, but that, they look better yeah. than me. And, and you know what? They're, they work harder. <laughs> so what yeah. are you going to do? <laughs> they work yeah. harder and they're brilliant. So, you know, good on you. When's the last time you put skates on? Probably about, I tore, I was in a men's league, I guess you call it a beer league. Um, <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, this hilarious story. So we're in this beer league. We're playing a two out of three playoff series. I, you know, I got up at three in the morning to go to work. So it's, it's not easy when your game's at 10 o'clock face off. Yeah. And, and I'm playing with one of, one of my line mates was a guy named Dave. He was from Toronto. I thought he was the greatest thing because he was Canadian. He would tell us, can't let our jerseys touch the ground, the whole thing. Like, uh, so, mm. so we play this two out of three series. And, and but during the game, we're getting the heck beat out of us. I mean, we're physically just, un, it's, it's terrible. We're just getting killed. And he, he, he's on next to me in the bench. He goes, um, you may want, because the center was this big guy. He goes, I, I, you're going to have to play center. I, I can't anymore. I'm, I got hemorrhoids. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you telling me? How am I supposed to react to this on the bench? I just yeah. really wanted to get away from this big center. So, yeah, it's big goon. Yeah, we get hammered. We go into the next game. Before the game, he arrives with his shirt on a hanger and goes, boys, I have a really good job and a really good life. I don't need this anymore. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. And he's done. I got so banged up in that game that I just said, I can't do it anymore. I tore a quad and it was like, all of a sudden, I'm trying to push off and nothing's happening. You have to get a blown tire. <laughs> I said, something, what's going on here? I said, you know what? It's 50-something years old here. I'm, I just don't. If, if the ponds would freeze, I would go out. Or if Kendra Chuck lives around me, sometimes I'd see him go out on the pond or whatever. But, yeah, twirl uh, around so, a little bit, stick handle, yeah, and yeah, have some fun. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I could never really skate anyway. It was, I mean, but it was, it's fun. But I, I do miss that. So that's the... Uh, I do see people in their seventies and eighties though out there out there skating, and more power to them. I just uh, I don't yeah. have the legs. Yeah, I I I, w I wanted to make it to fifty because my hips are so gassed, and I made it to fifty, and I played one game after I was fifty, <laughs> and I caught a, a shot right like right here on my mask, like right in the mouth yeah. area, and it wasn't that hard of a shot, but it caught me fucking square concussion. I was in la la land for nine days i'm yeah. like i'm done i'm done now yeah you're done but you still but you know you just move on to another you know coach or you can do all that stuff yeah i'm on the ice two three days a week already because of coaching yeah. so it's not it's, i'm not separated from it yeah it's a blast doing that i wanted to uh one of one of the, my goals in life was that i had a, a professor at uh when i was at babson i i was basically flunking out of babson so i couldn't play on i couldn't play because i i mean people will say they're getting f's I got F's. I mean, it was, I don't know what I was doing at that school. I'm not good at math. They give us these tests and I just add the numbers up because I had no clue how to do anything else. So yeah. this guy, Jack Fowler, who ended up being the PR director for the NHL for a while, he was a, he got me into Boston University um, and hooked me up with the hockey program. And his goal in life was to be 70 years old and skate the uh, right up the canal in uh, Ottawa. Uh, yeah. Right up the, yeah, the canal. So I'm thinking when I turn 70, I want to, put on skates and skate that canal for him. So yeah. that's my, that's my, that's my, my only bucket list other than seeing fish at Red Rocks. That's my only bucket list item. Yeah. That's not a bad one. That's, that's a good one to skate the canal. That's a, like a rite of passage in the Ottawa area yeah. as well. Um, let's talk about this team that you've seen so far this year. Um, <laughs> you know, torts, 
he was a guy that I was really for. My number one choice was Trotz for obvious reasons, but Torts has come in and you know sometimes you think coaching doesn't matter. And in some ways it doesn't matter, but in the cerebral sense, the mental sense, I think it does. And that's, I think, what he's really tapping into right now. Yeah, he was my number one choice, even though, you know, that, you know, you know, you've got the, the trots is obviously his pedigree or whatever. But I thought for this team, for this organization, for what they've been through for this fan base, I was really hoping that he would be the guy because. He puts everything out there, he, he, all his emotions and everything. And I think he's a lesson in a lot of people say you can't you can't coach effort, but you can coach effort. It's not yeah. easy. It's a big effort to coach effort. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's what he is. And he's completely honest uh, about where they are. I feel bad for him because whatever uh ease the uh, e- e- easiness there might have been if, if there's anything for him easy but the fact that all of a sudden atkinson and couturier are both not there i thought really no matter how hard how high a hill he thought this was it was even higher and yeah. i watched them early this year and i give them full credit they 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 play really hard um they make mistakes like they played against st louis and it was the biggest breather they've had right five one but a lot of that was due to I don't know how this happened, but the Blues were god-awful on giveaways and everything. And everything. But the Flyers, their ability to, to work like that is, is what impressed me, to win some battles. They make some awful mistakes. That they don't have the snipers that you need to kind of get away with things, so they have to play really hard. I'm worried, Jason, about how long you can do that. I think it shows up on back-to-back nights. I know old-timers say it doesn't matter back-to-back. It does. Yeah. And um, I think it will show up there. But I think you saw the reverse against St. Louis, where that was a team on back-to-back, and the Flyers' work ethic outworked that other team. Um, I'm just impressed with their effort level, and I still don't think I, I still don't think Flyers fans at this early realize how good the goal, the goaltending has been. Yeah. I mean, there's there's these crazy stats. I'm not big on analytics. Like goals saved above expected, or whatever that number is. Basically, it's um, a save and a beauty. Yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 that that number is remarkable. Um, and they're number not one in the like, league. Well, and they're not like great snares with the glove. They're in tight where you have to get across, or somebody's yeah. dragged a puck across the middle of the ice and gone the other way. And that's those those saves that don't look like highlight films, but they are really really difficult saves. That's what I've been most impressed with. Their goaltending has been outstanding and i don't know i mean no matter how good you are i don't, I don't know how you can that can maintain throughout maybe it can um I'm, I'm hoping that somehow they can maintain this but it's a it's a huge huge ask to yeah. to have this this many rpms going on your engine every single night yeah i mean you're looking at i mean he's like a 950 save percentage right now it's not sustainable but you're right like his efficiency and movement and the way he like he's got such efficiency no wasted movements and just so fluid and he makes the you know a lot of times those saves that you're talking about al where the guy flinging all over the place that's a that's a self-inflicted wound for a goalie because he overplayed the prior situation like flurry's one of those guys who took a lot of ice Therefore, right. he had to travel further on plays, so he had to flail more. It just yeah. it looks more spectacular, but Hart's just such so efficient in movement that a lot of times 
I, I, a lot of shots hit him in the logo because he's yeah. in the right spot yeah. because he yeah. read the play right and he moved there improperly. Right, and their defense is better in front of him, but I got to say it's not perfect. <laughs> it, it, not at all. I mean, D'Angelo has been a great find, but he's made some some defensive errors. Ristolainen, yep. man, Ristolainen has been a, a mess, and uh, the, you have to live with it because of his contract and his physicality. And he, he'll come around because he's towards kind of a player, and I think he's coachable. Uh, yeah, Shaw will get him, green yeah, him in. Shaw's going to have to have to. I think that's what they were upset with him going outside of the box, so to speak, uh, to, to yeah, make playing a outside thoughts. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. you can't do that with this team right now. Uh, you just can't. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I've been impressed with with what I've seen so far. I, I'm, I, I like Cates a lot. Um, I think Frost. I, I'm, I'm worried about him. Uh, I don't know if he's got the wheels to get to spots, and I think if he would have. <laughs> If he would watch Cates where his stick is all the time, because mm-hmm. Frost's stick is always it's always in the air. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Cates I mean, is always practice, on the ice. Right, it is. And 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 Frost at practice, you can see when when there's no opposition, so to speak, just running a, a drill with it. It's unbelievable. Oh, uh, skills are right sick. there. It's right there. But I think he's wasted, and he doesn't have the wheels to waste that one second uh, at times mm-hmm. to play. But I mean, they they and I think Bellows was taking a flyer. I don't know that he's got the wheels either to see. I mean, it's an opportunity for these guys, certainly. Um, yeah. But I mean, that I think they were a wing and a prayer, uh, and that would have been a big prayer answered. Uh, I, yeah. I trust with an absolute prayer answered if he worked out. If he and he could still. I mean, guys come along at different times, but I'm not sure about Bellows either if he can get there in, in time to do it. Yeah. So skating's an issue. Yeah, and uh, that is hard to improve. It can't. I'm not saying it can't be, but it's a. That's a real difficult thing as you get older to, to improve that. I've seen guys improve it. Yeah, like Mark Stone was a guy who came in and was not a good skater, but turned yeah. into a really good winger. Yeah, so you never know. Um, but right now, I mean, it's just a, it's just a lot of work. It's I, mean, I used to call guys like that washing machines. They're doing a whole lot, but not moving a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't have too many. You can't have a laundromat. You got. You're gonna have to yeah. get some skill. Some skill. Maybe come from the defense. Uh, D'Angelo. Yeah. D'Angelo's provided more than I think anybody could have hoped for in terms of just keeping the puck in the zone, getting it there, moving it around. He's an exciting player to watch. Emotional too, isn't he? Like, oh yeah. I, I said this on Flyers Daily out, or maybe it was the post game show after the Blues game. Uh, he is a player that most recently, like I, I've watched Tony play. You know, when he, when he played with the Rangers, obviously, and then last year in Carolina alongside Jacob Slavin most of the year. And he's a player I had a perception of, but now that I'm seeing him every day up close, um, he's a lot different than I thought he was. I had a perception of him that was a little bit off. Uh, I mean, defends yeah. really well with a stick. You know, there's positional things, and he's always yeah. going to be more offensive and not a great, you know, gap defender um, and along the walls. But... I feel like I was I misunderstood his game more than anybody that's come here in a long time. Yeah, you probably misunderstood it like a lot of people because you were thinking about the team before Carolina. I think yeah. he learned a lot playing there. That's a good system to play in. Under uh, Rod. Carolina, yeah, Carolina's a very good yeah. system to play in. Now, Carolina's problem is their strength. They They play in the same thing all the time their pace how they play what they do 
in the regular season, that's fine. In the playoffs, when you're playing in a series, you have to change some things because the, the, the other team sees you so often. And I don't see that Carolina can ever change anything, which is, it's really good, but there's no change up. So yeah. I think when they get in the series, sometimes it works to their disadvantage that they're so. To predictability? Yeah, but it's very good. Most nights it's going to win you a game. Yeah, but you're right. when you but get into the playoffs, they, they you have, every it, inch of the ice then yes, gets coached. It's does. different. And, yeah, and, it, and, you're, and you're reacting to what you saw the last game. It's four, you know, four, five games, four, five, six, seven, whatever. You were reacting. So you do get some tells at that point. And I don't know that they, they ever change it up because God, God bless them. They've got them a long way. Well, get the goaltending, maybe get them over the hump. Well, that's like Tampa to me too, Al, because they had to learn that lesson too. They, they used to like to play a very plotting game, Tampa. And they, would, they give up a lot of chances, and they have a great goalie that can bail them out in Vassie. And that's what Dortz did. He forced them to play at a higher pace, and it really yeah. fucked with them, especially in the yeah. neutral zone. But once Tampa realized we got to be able to play different styles of game, then they won two cups and yeah. went to another. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I mean, Flyers, I don't think they're there yet, but <laughs> we'll see when they. We'll see what happens when they, some of these kids come up. And I like the kid that watched some Boston College. Uh, I like that Cutter Gatier. What is that? It uh, Cutter. I love his first name. He's been terrific um, up at Boston College. Um, I wish they would play him at center a little bit more, but I really like I love him as a draft. Yeah. Um, I just lost my signal for a second there, but um, I'm back. Al, let me ask you about, we'll wrap up on this, because you've covered so much hockey from BU to the Miracle on Ice and all that great stuff. But uh, I guess it was 37 years ago tonight was the day that Pelly Lindbergh had the accident. And... I remember I still have newspaper clippings in this house that I live in right now somewhere of your stories when that whole thing went down and how close you were with his wife. Uh, what do you remember about that time? Uh, it was horrible. It was like, like you, know, you know, I still feel like it's horrible in my mind's eye. It was, it was, uh, people tell you you're not supposed to get that close to players when you cover them. Um, I did. Um, I was always, I thought I could be objective, but I, if I like somebody, I like somebody. They're nice people. Um, Pelly and I were very, very close, very good friends uh, with, uh, you know, his fiance at the time. And I, he was supposed to be at my wedding. Ironically, he couldn't go because the day that car would be arriving in Baltimore, he shipped. Um, that's how much of that car. I stopped driving with him because I just couldn't, it was fast um, for me. And we all, we, and I know it's the drinking and it was in, you know, disgraceful. I mean, especially in Sweden that, you, you know, had any alcohol at all. But we warned them time and again, like, Kelly, you, you just can't, you just can't drive fast. You just can't. And he just loved it. Um, I, and that happened. I, I was, I think, the third person at the hospital over in Jersey. I went to the, first went to Cooper and, there were other people there and they sent me to, um, I think it was Kennedy. And because I was so tight with he and, uh, you know, his fiance, I was one of the few people in the room, they wheeled him past. And I remember the doctor um, telling, um, telling his fiance, like, 
you know, he's got this injury, that injury, uh, shoulder, arm, and this was the um, bone surgeon. And she's looking at me and like, there's kind of a translation thing. And she goes, well, can he ever, can he get over these things to play hockey again? And he looked at me and goes, she doesn't know. I, and, Cause that the brain dead situation. Yeah. And like, um, no. <laughs> uh, so we had then, you know, um, Davey Poolin was there um, and we kind of, everything was explained and it was, uh, it was the most horrifying. I, when you're in your twenties, it's probably the first time most of us deal with somebody who dies. Um, and when you're with a team, it was like, is this real? Did this, is this honestly going to happen? And then it was the first time that many of us in our 20s with that whole team realized that it's going to sound stupid, but when you die, you stay dead. Yeah, you're not coming back. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, well, you know, you're athletes and then, and, you know, like, is this a dream, basically? Like the reality, the reality doesn't hit you at first because it's like all the stuff that goes on, like funerals, we're going to go to Sweden and, you know, do this and do that. It's like, oh, my God, I... I I've never gotten over it. Um, and, and to this day, I mean, like I'm going to go into hall of fame and <clears throat> I'm going to mention the fact that the fact that the Sedin twins are there and Alfredson's there, I feel, I feel is fitting. And boy, you going to be there dealing with ALS now because it was such an impactful moment in my life to, to have that happen. And it also made me, it made me cover, cover teams as people. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't like when players are covered as uh, uh, statistics or as cartoons. Um, I think they should be covered as people. And I'm not saying to be soft on a player, but I think the better stories are what makes somebody tick, how you got here, maybe why you screwed up, but, but, but the people. Like I, I, I find the power of the sport is the people in the sport. So that was a big part of it. Cause when you, when you know somebody that well and that happens and you see what happens to the team and you see the the relationships that that teammates have in that situation and not, none of us have gotten over it and it was at once the most horrifying but also the most binding moment i think i've i've ever experienced in sports yeah and to this day with a lot of those guys for you how, how difficult al was it to serve the dual purpose or <laughs> really multiple purpose of being there for his fiance losing yeah, your a, friend did, and also yeah, covering yeah. it I told him, I said, when I'm here, I'm a friend. When I go to write a story, I'll write the story, but nothing that's said here or whatever, I, will I, will I use? Violate. And I guess yeah. you could say that's not professional, but you're human first. I, I, yeah. you're human first. And I thought I did a fair, I mean, how can you, you're covering some, an athlete who died. I mean, there's nothing, there's no scoop. There's no ridiculous you know, journalism thing there. It's a, it's a human story um, on, on what's gone on. And the hard part was me was just writing, just, just seeing it happen, just... Uh, uh, seeing just the going, words that you're writing. Seeing the words and like, and, and going over to Sweden and having the, the funeral and all of that stuff and the people over there, what, what he meant to them. It was, um, it was, it, it really, it really made you grow up really fast. And it, and I think from for all of us, it was like you know, well, you just you're drinking, driving, speed, all just 
you're not guaranteed anything. It was like, I still, I still think of him a lot. I mean, I, I, it's the only Jersey I have, the one he gave me. It's the only, it's the only Jersey that I have is, uh, is, is that Jersey. And it's the only mem memorabilia really that I have from the flyers is the tickets from the next game when he was on the ticket. Uh, <laughs> ticket Darren study. Jensen played that game. Yeah. If I recall. Uh, yeah. Somebody got, I think froze got hurt. Um, yeah. so yeah, exactly. it was, it was like, against Edmonton. It was again. Yeah, it was against them. I mean, it's like, how do you, how do you recover from anything like that? But, you know, guys recovered and it, it became part of the lore of, of the team. And I guess you can say, you know, he, he'll never die, so to speak. But now it was, it was a tragedy of a, of a, who, a guy who I thought was just going to be a great goaltender, but better for me, just a, a really cool person to, to just talk to. Yeah. I can only imagine what it must have been like to cover for you. I mean, I was 13 at the time, and it's my first foray into loss in life. Yeah. I remember crying like a baby. My mom, like, I was just – because I was infatuated with the goal. Like, Bernie was a little bit before, yeah, before me a little bit. Yeah. But Pelly, you know, he was small, but yeah. so lightning quick. And the tribute to Bernie with the mask and – Though just yeah, the way he attacked the the position, and you know, I, yeah, I still remember the yeah, knee roll Cooper's. Special one. I mean, I've seen all kinds of goalies. He was a special one. You know, people always ask me, like, I don't like goaltenders are separate. Even Tortorella will tell you, I, I, I don't answer goaltender quite. <laughs> Stop the puck. But yeah. But I mean, I you know, for most people, when you get old enough, people ask you who's the best you've ever seen, and the best I've ever seen was Dominic Hasek, and then and Patrick Waugh was terrific, and I mean, they're all great. But for that period of time, it was it was just stupid to see. I don't even know what style it was. All I, all I yeah. knew was he looked like a golden retriever on the ice and he's saving pucks with his tail. It was just yeah. nuts. <laughs> he was a guy that goalies could never identify with because he didn't oh, make no. sense. It, no. it, there was no rhyme or reason. It was just whatever he had to do to make the save. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, and when, I remember when they when they lost that Stanley Cup, I was with ESPN, and you know the goal shouldn't have counted, and mm -hmm. the Brett Hull's goal, and I was given the assignment of the loser locker room, so I'm supposed to go in the loser locker room, and then Hasek's at the door going, nobody's coming in this locker room, this game's not over, that game that, that goal doesn't count. Yeah, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah, he was unbelievable, and we'd watch him and go. Why decide to barrel roll there? <laughs> you know, but it worked. You're like, shit. Oh, I would have never thought of that. No, no, and it, and it's like it's it's why he's also why this sport is so difficult to cover, and why I don't believe in a lot of the numbers because because goaltenders just change everything. Like yeah. on that team, look at it. I mean, was the was rough? I mean, was the coach that good? Was the general manager really that good? Was Michael Pekka that good at defensive? How do you know? Yeah. How do you know? You just I mean, trot, the, trot Hashik out there. Chalk out 39, you're good. Yeah, really. How do you know? I mean, is this really a Selkie trophy winner? I mean, how do you, I mean, there's all these saves he's making. This is GM. He could plug anybody in there. It was, it was, it was just absolutely crazy watching that. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, that Pelly stuff is fantastic. It still hits me in the belly to this day. Oh, man, we miss him. Um, Al, you're going in come Monday. Um, Enjoy the moment, man. You've earned it. I know that, you know, you joke around about, you know, did they get the wrong guy and the whole thing, but man, your dedication to the game, bringing it to people and in a very 
you know, cool conversational way for many years on the radio and TV and everything. Congrats to going in, man. You really deserve it. I'm happy as, you know, I've worked with a lot of people in radio and, you know, a varying likeness, but uh, <laughs> you're one of the guys that I, I always got along with really well and identified with and the work that you've done in this city for the game. And uh, uh, I'm really happy that you're going in on Monday. Enjoy that moment with your family and you deserve to be there. All right. Thanks a lot. And keep it up there. Keep spreading the word about hockey. It's the number one All game. Right. And when your radio career is over, we'll get you on uh, doing a weekly Don't podcast. Worry. That's coming up. All right, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Al. See ya. There he is, Al Morgani. Fantastic stuff. Um, I'm so happy that he's going into the Hall of Fame. He's so deserving. Uh, let me tell you about Bet Parks. Great casino sportsbook app. Time to get on it. Bet on hockey action. Uh, bet on all the different sports, college and pro hoops, college and pro football. You name it, it's all there for you, right in front of you. And take it from me, it's everything you want in a mobile casino and sportsbook. And it's right in the palm of your hand. So download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm starting to run out of gas with my voice here. Um, the cold is going away, but it's not fully away yet. Uh, also, visit uh, Conquerville Subaru on Route 202 in Glen Mills. Fantastic dealership. Great people. Great work in the community. Whether it's Namor's Children's Hospital, La Humanidad Espana, Marcus Oak Elementary School. I mean, the stuff that they have done and continue to do is awesome. So you can check out the beautiful showroom over 202 in Glen Mills. Check out a list of uh, incoming Subaru vehicles, certified pre-owned inventory. It's all there for you. Great service department where you get a free car wash with every visit. Visit ConquervilleSubaru.com and uh, check out everything they have to offer. And, of course, check out the beautiful showroom on Route 202 in Glen Mills. And remember, Concordville cares. All right, Friday, we're back with another brand-new episode. We'll recap Flyers Blue Jackets. Thanks to Al Morgani, the pending Hockey Hall of Famer, for joining us on this episode. Hope you enjoyed it as well. Leave us a five-star rating and review. That'll help other hockey fans and fans find this podcast as well. So, everybody, have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you Friday on Episode 16. Bet Parks presents... Stick to Hockey Live. Have a great day, everybody.